0: You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You're listening to Episode 69, The Honest Truth About Behavior Charts. Behavior charts in school are a hot topic, and many preschool teachers use them, But are they harmful to young children? Here's my take. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is in no way about shaming those who use behavior charts in the classroom. It is about my story of how I came to realize the honest truth about behavior charts. My true motivation in sharing this story is in hopes that I can help you if you're struggling with behavior management and the use of different systems or charts. I am by no means a behavior guru. I just love to share with other teachers what has worked for me and the different things that I've gone through to change my mindset. Because for me, when I know better, I can do better. This episode is the first in a five part series on classroom management. And I hope that you'll join me the following weeks throughout this series. All right, now let's get into it. So, about Almost two decades ago, I was fresh out of college. I was getting my first teaching job as a first grade teacher, and I was full of zest and enthusiasm and excitement and, you know, young and excited. And I'm sure you remember your first couple of years and how you just really wanted to go in and change the world. But before any world changing could happen, I needed to go to several different trainings before I could start this position. And one of them was a three-day training on the district's behavior program. And it was long and it was honestly a little bit boring, but it did have some good parts. So back to my classroom, I went and I started to implement it. And for the most part, with most of the kids, it seemed to work fine. But before too long, it kind of seemed like all the other teachers who were trained started to take just bits and pieces of the program and implement them in different ways. So basically what we all were doing, we we were using what had worked for us from the program, and then we supplemented what we needed for classroom management wise in the classroom, And really, I feel like that's kind of what we do with all programs and curriculums that are forced upon us, right? So I needed more ideas because the behavior system that was provided by our school district was definitely not working 100%. And what might you do if you need ideas for teaching? Um, Maybe go to Pinterest, except for back then, Pinterest wasn't a thing. I actually sound like a dinosaur saying that, but this was pre-Pinterest age, I know. And so instead, we searched the internet and used the search algorithms, which I have to tell you were not that great back then, but I was just really just grasping for someone to guide me. It You know, I had these other teachers that I was watching in my school, and that was helpful, but I also was looking for something a little bit different and newer because what they seem to be Doing wasn't hundred percent working either, so I wanted something. I'm scouring the internet looking for blogs, and blogs were getting big then, um, so I was finding some ideas, and i I thought they were great ideas. So, what do you do? You try it out. And one idea that was out there a ton, and it seemed like every teacher was doing it, and was clip charts. You know, the charts where there's green and it goes all the way down to red. You know Sometimes it has multiple different levels. Like I think mine had five different levels. And every day everyone starts at green. If they make a bad choice, they move their clip down and down and down. It was a really common behavior modification strategy that was used widely in classrooms at the time. And like a newbie, I jumped right on the bandwagon with everybody else. And you know, it's funny when I think back to my then self, because I remember thinking how amazing I was as a first-year teacher. I used to tell people at the time, don't underestimate a first-year teacher. We are amazing. And I still believe that because the drive is there. The openness to new ideas are so right there at the forefront. But I also look back And I think, well, (laughs) I wasn't really that great in the classroom management arena, because if I would have actually taken some thought and consideration into what I was doing, I may have seen that this wasn't the best thing for students in my classroom and for our class community as a whole. Unfortunately, these were fads everywhere in education, and it's kind of just what we did at the time. But I definitely regret not being more purposeful not really thinking through of why am I doing this thing, what do I think I'm going to get out of it, and will it have any consequences for my students, for me, or for my classroom community. Fast forward about three years later, and I had our first child, and I wanted to be able to be home with her. So I switched jobs from teaching full-time to being a parent educator in the evening, And that allowed me, that job allowed me some serious knowledge into child development and helping parents learn the development of their child. So this is a program, if you're not familiar with Birth to Five, and you actually visit homes in your community and you bring the parents milestone information and activities and ideas for them right there, what age they currently are. So I had a wide depth of knowledge from birth to five. So this really, really helped strengthen my ideas behind early education, because, you know, going the development route, you understand really why the things are happening the way that they are with young children. So anyhow, when my second child was ready to go to preschool, I decided I really wanted to get back in the classroom. So I went ahead and applied at one of our local preschools and got the job and have been there since, oh gosh, for about eight years. And when I started, I was actually working with three and four-year-olds instead of pre-K. And if you work with three-year-olds, you know they are arguably the most irrational humans on earth. So I knew that I had to have a plan. I was used to having a plan, that's kind of what I did when I was teaching in the classroom in first grade. And our preschool did not have a behavior management plan, which I will say now I am super glad that they don't. And I started to think back on what I had done before. And this was exactly when the mind shift came in. I started thinking back on what I did with the clip chart, with different, you know, I had a behavior rainbow, so many different things to really try to get children to do what I needed them to do. And that's when the mind shift came. It was a fresh lens. I had more experience. I had more knowledge. And I'm thinking about these behavior systems in terms of little tiny things. Three and four year olds. I mean, these kiddos haven't been on the planet, but but you know, three years, and it just didn't make sense. So when I thought back on my classroom management strategies, I really had a sense of remorse at that point because I didn't feel like I did what was best for my students. I think back about those kiddos that were on red a lot, a lot, a lot, and how their self esteem just taint because they stopped trying. They were going to be on red. Maybe they started their day on red because their day was red yesterday and they needed to move back up the chart for whatever reason. And they didn't try anymore. It didn't change their behavior. It embarrassed them. It made them not want to have a relationship with me because I was the one saying, move your clip, move your clip. And now I could see that those are the kids who needed me the most. And this is where it makes me upset because I wasn't that person there for them that they really needed at that time. And while I can't go back and change that, I definitely can move forward with the understanding that behavior and what I want from it isn't always cut and dry. It isn't always, well, if I, if I put in this punishment, they will change their behavior. It wasn't working for those kiddos they needed me. They needed someone to really see what was going on. And while we knew it really wasn't working for the handful of kiddos that just needed more from us, it did seem to be working with the majority of the class at that time. But when I reflect back on that, I think, was it working? Or were those children, the children who do what they feel is right intrinsically? Would they have been the, quote, good kids anyway? Would they have done what you had asked anyway? And I think the answer is yes. I think the answer is for the most part, you know, we all have our days when we slip up, obviously. But for the most part, they would have tried their best to follow the rules and do what was asked of them. So, did I really need the behavior chart? And was I doing damage? Well, I certainly feel like, in my personal experience, I was doing damage to my friends who were landing on red over and over again. And what was my lack of modeling empathy to the other children who weren't landing on red? What was I teaching them? I'm pretty sure I wasn't teaching them to be responsive to others. Others learn differently. Others need extra help in other areas. I wasn't teaching them to be cheerleaders for their classmates. So obviously I knew that was a no-go for my little three and four-year-olds. And then I thought, well, okay, my son is going into pre-K. What do I want his teacher to do if he misbehaved or or if he did something he wasn't supposed to or did something he wasn't aware of or whatever it may be. Well, first off, I knew I certainly did not want her to shame him, tell him to move a clip or, you know, take down this or put his name on the board, whatever it may be. I also knew that I didn't really want her to yell at him because he's kind of a sensitive kid anyway. And what I really wanted for him was was for her to just show him how to do it and not get frustrated with him when he needed help. That's really what I wanted. I just wanted her to help him. And we were super blessed. That's exactly what we got in pre-K. Exactly. She taught him and she taught everybody everything. And that's when it hit me. Why wouldn't I just do that? It sounds too simple. (laughs) It kind of does, right? Feels like, oh, I feel like I should be working harder than that. But I'm here to tell you it's really not. In the years since, I found I don't need fancy clip charts. I don't need fancy behavior modification sheets for preschoolers. For the most part, I just don't. What I found that I need is simple relationships, a little detective work, and really honing in on teaching some social emotional skills. Building those relationships has been one of the biggest keys. And I know that we hear this a lot in education, like, oh, it'll change all the really bad behavior problems in your classroom if you just have relationship. Not necessarily, right? But I do think it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Then I really wanted to learn about why. Why are you doing this behavior? So instead of, in first grade, just move your clip, I'm just addressing the bad behavior and trying to get them to stop it. Instead of going, why is this happening? What is really behind this? Is it something that I can do or I can fix or I can even empathize with that will help take whatever is going on and making this behavior come out, right? So now I really want to know why. Like I've totally flipped the script of the punishment is not, Going to work very well. I want to know what is really behind this. Finally, I really took on this whole idea of teaching social emotional skills. And I know this can be controversial because, you know, some think that this should only be taught in the home. I'm blessed to be in a faith based preschool and we wholeheartedly embrace the idea of teaching social emotional skills. Because if we really stop and think about it, We wouldn't punish a child or reward a child if they could or couldn't tie their shoes. We would just either help them tie their shoes or be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. You can tie your shoes. They wouldn't get some tangible reward. They wouldn't get a sticker because they were the ones that could tie their shoes because that's not an expectation that we have in preschool. Tying shoes is kind of hard. But if it were something that we wanted them to be able to do, we wouldn't just expect them to walk in our rooms knowing it. We would teach it to them. They would have to learn, just like they have to learn many other things in our classroom, from counting and alphabets and names and all the things. But all the things, in my opinion, also include social-emotional skills, because sometimes we assume that they're going to walk in that classroom knowing how To work with others, knowing how to handle disappointment, knowing how to handle anger, knowing how to handle peer interactions, and and they don't. They don't know. And many times they don't know because they haven't had the practice. They haven't been in a place with nine other kids that are their same peer age. With a mixture of relationships and really looking for the why and teaching those missing social emotional skills this is where I found the sweet spot is for helping my preschoolers really develop lifelong skills instead of just using rewards and punishments as a way to get them to do what I want them to do. Now I'm looking at it more as how can I help them with this skill that they don't have just like I would help them in the academic realm of a skill they don't have. So as you can see, my mind shift came very slowly Over many years, after more education, after more observations, just after having my own kids. And we as humans change and teachers, we as teachers can change as well. So if you kind of are in this stuck place of what I'm doing doesn't feel like it's working, know that it's okay to move away from it. Know that it's okay to say, yep, I have done something in the past that I won't do again. And it does make me a little bit sad inside, but I also know that that was a learning moment for me and now a step zone forward. Hoping my story helped you if you are in that stuck place. This was episode one of a five-part behavior management series. And next week we'll be touching on another area of classroom management that I came to an honest realization about as well, and that is classroom rewards. Mm Then we'll dig into what behaviors are telling us and we'll go beyond managing behaviors and then what to do when our support isn't working. So I'm hoping you'll stick with me through this series. And if you have enjoyed this episode today, I would love for you to leave a review on the podcast. Keep being lovely, y'all. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.